Sometimes our imaginations are captured by the possibility of alternative explanations. Join me as we explore the historical events and public state of mind that influenced the appeal and popularity of the most enduring alternative theories out there. I'm Ryan Nelson, and welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology. Welcome back, theoryologists. All right, today I have a special guest with me, Scott Compton. And I asked Scott to join me because this is a bit of a divergence from the typical format on the show. Uh, you know, I like to, to explore things that typically we've covered, things that have happened or have had some time to occur. And we're really just exploring an element an aspect of it that, you know, is kind of interesting, stands out um, as as something that's more conspiratorial or a little unexplainable, things of that nature. And I certainly did hone in on that with what is going on right now with the uh, Russia-Ukraine event and the involvement with the United States. But it is such a current event um activity right now. I mean, it's such a topic that ever, even since I contacted Scott and said, Hey, let's talk about this. The landscape changed. So it changed so, dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, this is, so one, Scott, I really appreciate you coming on Two, sure. we, we are unraveling. We're going to try and have this conversation, even given the fact that the facts of of everything happening or changing like as we're talking about them so um scott thanks for coming on you want to introduce yourself a little bit so my name is scott compton um i've been podcasting in different fields for a little while you know i was doing some uh some fun stuff and then i started getting into a a more of a current topics current politics type thing uh and it happened to come across with my uh, i have two nephews uh and they have a podcast called America Today Podcast. And you can find that at americatodaypodcast.com. Um, or they're also on, uh, you can find them on Facebook and stuff like that too. But we've been talking a lot about current topics. And, and um, Ryan and I have been kind of interacting and we've knew we, we want to talk about something that's going on right now that's really crucial to what's going on in the world. But yeah, that's where I'm coming from. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting into the, the, current political scene and i'm just i'm wrapped up in it and i can't get enough of it and i really i'm i'm trying to figure it all out so that's what we're going to try to do we're just going to talk talk through a couple things that we got going on in the world today so it's going to be good yeah absolutely and, and thank, uh, thanks thanks for letting me you know yeah you know, let let me uh work in on this too and, and get in on this no i you know absolutely and you know again thanks for coming on uh, and the reason for it just just so that everybody um, knows, Scott and I met at a podcast, a conference, PodFest. What was that back in 2019? It was 19, yeah. Actually, yeah, but yes, it was, was 19. It, yeah, because oh, no, I was just been, a. Was it 20 or 19? Because no, it was it, it was, was 19, 19 because it, 19, it was way before, before COVID. Yeah, before COVID. Yes, before before yeah. the world uh, lost its mind, um, <laughs> yeah. when we could when we could still all get together in a building and talk to each other, mm -hmm. and um, 
Yeah, that was it. I mean, I was a little young pie in the sky podcaster that had just started. I mean, I, I think my podcast was about a year old. So, you know, I'd pumped out some episodes. I was really excited, but the whole point of that is when we ran into each other there and started talking, I mean, that was, it was just, it was one, it was great to talk to podcasters at the time, but two, it was, it was precisely that we, I mean, very quickly we moved into just having a conversation about things going on. Right. And, um, so yeah, it, when I needed to do something like this, so uh, you you came to mind absolutely for yeah. someone that could just have a good conversation about some of this stuff going on. Yeah, cool. So the topic is is everybody will know, and and uh, you know I've I've probably oh, explained in a in a an introduction to the episode a little more is is it all starts with a White House press briefing informing all of us that Russia is going to conduct a false flag that in, in an effort to start a war in the Ukraine. And that's how the whole thing started back on. Uh, and and I, I pulled up the AP uh, report that came out and it was explaining that, that the U S here, I'll, I'll quote this U S accused the Kremlin on Thursday. This is back from, February February 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Of an elaborate plot to fabricate an attack by Ukrainian forces that Russia could use as a pretext to take military action against its neighbor. Um, Pentagon spokesman included production of a scheme for graphic propaganda, graphic propaganda video that would show staged explosions and use corpses and actors depicting grieving mourners. (laughs) Of course, the U.S. didn't, they haven't provided any detailed information backing up the claims, but stood by their uh, good intelligence, and I'm using air quotes, uh, on that, that that they couldn't share, simply that it's that. That started the whole thing. Obviously, that's when most of us started paying attention to, oh my goodness, something is is going on. Um, What was really interesting is I, I, talk to people then shortly after that came out um some co-workers family things of that and i said we're about to start a war they you know looked at me crazy and i said no 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 we've we've just <laughs> what's everybody saying now we poked the bear but i said we're setting it up so that it's <laughs> yeah. an it's a no-win situation mm-hmm. that is going to have to elicit a response now that's where when I first envisioned us having this conversation, that's where I thought we'd take it from. But since then, a war has started. That was a mere 48 hours ago, my friend. 48 <laughs> hours ago, we spoke. I, I and, know. And yeah, and now it's come to this. So it's changed in two days. It's completely, it's it's gone off the rails. So go on. Yeah. Continue, continue your, uh, your so, talk there. So since then, we have had... Um, escalated you know escalated tensions that became front and center uh within the the global media uh mm-hmm. between Russia Ukraine the United States UK and pretty much all of 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 central NATO the EU uh right. or NATO central EU and all of that stuff and, and so everybody started paying attention then we had the um really the escalation of a separatist movement 
in eastern Ukraine that has resulted in the formation of two independent republics in the Donbass region, right? The the LPR and the the DPR um, that uh, that have now been recognized as independent by Russia. Uh, subsequently, having signed several, uh, you know, agreements, trade agreements, just relationship sort of of agreements between in two independent states, three independent states, um, and then subsequently, a request from these new independent republics for assistance in defending themselves against uh, Ukraine, and then. 24 hours ago from when we're recording this an announcement like, right, yeah, from Russia really. yeah that that Russia not simply would not simply be moving troops into the Donbas region uh to def- you know to fortify the the these these newly independent regions but rather that they would be uh instigating a full assault against Ukraine um now that was all last night uh obviously there's there's a lot to it um and then just today we've already had a major sanctions implemented on russia we have had um russia just absolutely wreak havoc through ukraine um, now they've, they've and honestly they've like legally declared war on ukraine that's like they, yes. they've actually announced that they've declared war on Ukraine, which is crazy. Anyway, continue. yeah, they so they've yes, yeah, so they've they've officially done that, and within 24 hours, they already um, brought forward their terms for surrender for Ukraine. Those terms, there's only two terms in there, and that is mm-hmm. that 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 uh, Ukraine agree to remain neutral and not join NATO, <laughs> and also that they. Um, I say demilitarize, but de-weaponize in terms of a the the current defensive posture that Ukraine had, and that would mean obviously, essentially, um, returning all of the the military equipment that they've mm-hmm. been receiving from us for the last several several months. Um, right. But with all of that going on, and I have my opinions on all that. I'm I'm I, I think. I think my listeners know that I, you know, when it comes to governments, I just don't trust any of them. Um, and I certainly think that there's plenty of blame to be spread around for everybody for this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really to me, what was interesting is that this, this announcement, this non sequitur in this entire thing from, from a, a, a problem that actually started in about 2014 through to the progression of various uh, agreements, the effort to develop a, a peace treaty through the Minsk Accords, um, and finally to the escalation that has occurred now. We have this little piece that has been thrown in by the U.S. government about false flags. And... And that's the piece that's interesting. And I, and I think we need to talk about all of the topics, the, the topic itself, the current events. And that's why I wanted your perspective so that I don't get too lost just in this 
academic exploration of this concept of false flags, but but I contend that we've missed this little tidbit of information that makes things a whole lot more complex with this simultaneous in 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 announcing this uh, threat of a false flag by Russia. We have this simultaneous simultaneous um, effort by or admission by the government that yes, false flags do exist. They are used tactic, you know, tactically um, within strategies, and we are familiar enough with them to uh, recognize when one is going to be used. Uh, and then, additionally, through that, they now bring in an element that we all have to consider for any events, global, domestic, that there is this potential that of people using a false flag effort, right? Instigating an activity under mm. the false pretense of somebody else, an adversary, another party in a conflict or simply a topic uh, that that is being blamed for the for the activity um in order to instigate a conflict and uh and so it's 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 a really big aspect to it i mean this this could have happened but you know just based on all of that that's going on and and the reason i say it brings it up and that it's an it's an, it's a non sequitur to what's going on is that none of that happened this this thing that i outlined about the um the wild propaganda video, the mm. um, crisis actors, the fake corpses, explosions, staged explosions, none of that occurred or is certainly was used. Um, but it's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, this is, now this is when I couldn't actually use a, make a YouTube video because what basically they said is that um, these are the same this is exactly what was proposed for Sandy Hook. Two eighteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh -huh. the cra the crazy conspiracy theory that was proposed for those people that did not believe Sandy Hook was a um, real event in the mm -hmm. sense of of what the narrative was. They said that they said it was, you know, yes, there was there was real things that occurred but it was largely staged crisis actors, you know, fake bodies, um, all of that, all of that. And then now it's, um, it's an AP report about something the white house says is possible. So <clears throat> I think we see if we, if we look back in the last couple of years, um, of just a lot of weird things have been going on ever since COVID's come about, um, I, th I think the media and the government has has really taken a liking to false flags. I think I think we're uh, we're seeing it quite often in certain situations. I, I look. I, I don't know. Sandy Hook is a, 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 it's a crazy concept to think that it was fake or whatever. That's like really out there. Um, I still don't know where I stand. I haven't done enough research for, on that, so I can't really say anything. Um, but I will say, I, I, 
the timing of all of this is really bizarre that all of these things in the world, not just Russia, but you got, you have, uh, now there's a threat of China and Taiwan again, you know, that, that came up a few, you know, a couple months back. And then in, in the media that that could have been a possibility where China was going to go back and like really take back Taiwan, even though it, they believe that Taiwan is already part of the country. So that's kind of confusing, but then you have, you have uh, this Russian thing that's going on at the same time as we have what's going on in Canada, which there were definitely some false flags that went up there. You know, I, everything, I, false flags, I, I, that, that term is, it's very murky, okay? There's a lot of things that can be considered false flags, but other things can just be taken out of context uh, and used to create the, the to imply a, a flag at all that that becomes a false flag like i i think and it, ironically this has to do with flags that i'm the reference i'm going to make is the uh is in canada when trudeau was referencing swastikas and um some other you know or like the confederate flag that they that they had up there now if you go and you look on snopes Okay, which is one of the, you know, one of the, the oldest uh, fact-checking website technology, you know, <laughs> big tech type companies. Snopes goes out there and says, well, there were flags with swastikas on them. However, uh, it was a, it was in conjunction, like they actually showed, I saw pictures of this, of uh, it's a double, like a double flagpole where they had, you know, F. Trudeau on it and then right below it they had a swastika flag now that that is saying that he is acting like a Nazi like he's acting like the, the way the way a totalitarian or tyrant uh, type regime is coming into power and they're they're accusing him of that of him of that they're not saying that we are you know the protesters were not saying we're the white power and we're supporting Nazis they took it completely out of of context like that and it was literally a flag which was a false flag they spun it in the way they want to do it that's i always go back to uh that band from the 90s the spin doctors I'm like what a genius name for a band you know <laughs> like because <it, laughs> like really it's it, it really is that the spin doctors it's all it it's just all in the way it's it's uh presented and i'm gonna say my my one of my favorite things my favorite i don't like to say favorite um one of the things that go always goes through my mind and it's truth it is perception is reality so it doesn't matter who you are or where you're coming from it's what you perceive as what you're going to see as the truth yeah absolutely and uh you know that's um Paradigms are hard to change. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, that's that's a <laughs> I think you do a good job of pointing that out there that all of this stuff is is happening together. Now, whether you could say it's simply because globally society is reaching this collective boiling point and we <laughs> see that right tensions, um, things when, when something world. hits. Yeah, when something hits that point, you don't usually have a single relief point. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's why failures occur when you don't have controlled relief and you start having mm -hmm. those points of failure all over the place. So maybe that makes sense. It also, it's it's not, um, 
you know, I could forgive people for looking at it and saying it it almost looks coordinated. Uh, but but you're right. I mean, it's it's really bad when Snopes can't is see something and can't even support the narrative, the mainstream narrative, right. because it's so obvious. Um, right. You know, typically the most that Snopes give is is a mostly true or mostly false or something when they don't like right. they have to yeah. admit. So uh, <laughs> so that's pretty bad, you know, with those with that scenario and the flags. But but that goes into that's the thing. False flag has become it because it doesn't up until this point doesn't exist. Right. It, it mm. has not been um, a, something that has been regularly accepted or admitted uh, when people use it, people tend to use it quite a bit to capture a, lo- a multitude of things, right? In the case of Canada and the flag, simply omitting information from a, mm-hmm. you know, from a media statement, well, that's, that's propaganda, right? Right. Um, other situations that could be had are really infiltration, um, you know, such as all of the riots that we've seen in the U.S. over the last couple of years and having, uh, you know, pretty good substantial uh, argument to be made that groups like Antifa uh, show up in other rallies to to stir the pot. That's not really a false flag effort, although you could kind of see it like that, but it's really an infiltration and a sabotage scenario. Mm -hmm. So there's all of these different terms, tactics that can be used from a, thinking of them militaristically, you know, as an, an, an aspect of strategy. But instead, a true just basic false flag is that an action is done under the guise of an opponent's flag or mm-hmm. some other party's flag that gives the impression to everybody, to the public, that something was done in on on their behalf you know under their guidance mm-hmm. and so therefore it starts that and and it's, it's it's picking those fights right it's spitting the the spitball across the class and then pointing to the other kid you know um it is just to start the fight and th- there's a really interesting aspect about this that i discovered going forward as we as we were looking at this that makes this even more interesting that they would choose to bring this up. Um, Mm. And that's because the intelligence that they, whatever they profess to have regarding this, that would claim for the need for false flag. Um, But it was not really even necessary. I was flipping through and and came across on, on citizen free press It get you this, this'll, this'll blow your mind. Okay. Uh, and and this is out of a this is a tweet that surfaced and this is um footage from a uh, a russian parliamentary speech that's being given by a um by a russian politician named vladimir uh zirinovsky okay. so all i really know about about zirinovsky is that he's he's an ultra nationalist russian you know in, in the party um, or in the in the parliament, and mm. he made a statement back. Um, when did he make this statement? Back in December, December twenty seventh, and he says, 
at 4 a.m. on the 22nd of February, you'll feel, and he's telling this is to the world, you'll feel our new policy. I'd like 2022 to be peaceful, but I love the truth. For 70 years, I've said the truth. It won't be peaceful. It will be a year when Russia once again becomes great. So he is Russia. Yes. Yeah. So, so, um, so he is broadcasting to whatever this target audience is. Mm -hmm. He is broadcasting that, um, the exact date. Yeah. That's (laughs) February 22nd. Wow. 4 a.m. Meaning, meaning that was about three about 3.30 a.m. Right. When they actually pulled the attack. Yeah, that, yeah, that was when they that was when they started launching the attack. It was like three thirty a.m. is what I what I had uh, read, yeah. which is and yeah, crazy. Now that was that was that was of course the twenty third, but <laughs> yeah, that was, like was days, on, a couple days ago, <laughs> right? Right. So, but it's, it's on the twenty second <sighs> is when they officially recognize the uh, these independent republics, the independence of so, the two of the two republics. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <sighs> Yeah, Donetsk and Ludetsk, Ludetsk. Anyway, yeah, the, I um, can't remember. How, I can't see out of sight, Sam either. <laughs> and and <laughs> of ahead. course, n- now in retrospect, we can see these are not actions that can be thrown together in in a couple of days. The decision to um, to recognize the independence of these these two mm-hmm. regions uh, was clearly made, and the decision to take a shock and awe policy approach right for um making the making ukraine both um simply recognize and release these these two areas as independent republics and forcing the hand of ukraine to commit to not joining nato um was clearly something that's that's planned um, which now explains, you know, the the strategy of of mobilizing troops for military exercises, um, right all along the border and 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 in Belarus and all of that stuff. It, that all makes sense in retrospect. But what's interesting is we a number of things forced their hand to a degree, and. I still don't know why we needed to, if we had this sort of intelligence, you know, the White House could have come out and simply said, look, we have announcements, we have genuine concern on this date, February 22nd, or the last, you know, week of February, that something substantial is going to occur. And we believe it's going to focus on Ukraine and current conflicts that are going on there. I mean, you could have easily explained that to the White House press corps and not had them bulk and and push back because that would have made perfect sense. But instead, right. instead, for public consumption, we outline this this elaborate uh, scenario of of a false flag setup and not just simply a we think the Russians are going to attack the the Donbass region um, and make it appear as though it's going to be that the Ukrainians have done it. No, Mm. it's, they're going to, they're going to create a Hollywood production 
and there's going to be bodies and it's going to be on YouTube and it's just going to be all over the place. And I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I have, I I have thoughts. Uh, I think there's been um, so much, oh man, I, it it seems, I I think it's deeper than what we, what is on the surface. That's for sure. I think they're um, like, like I was talking about, you know, take the media being uh, taking things out of context. I just, and, and creating this image of us having to, um, okay. So I, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. It's, it's hard to wrap my brain around a lot of the stuff that's going on. It's so confusing. So I the know. Ukrainian, <laughs> the, the Ukrainian, uh, president uh, Zelensky, um, is he a president? He's president. They call him he democratic. Is. He is. Uh, democrat. Okay. Um, so Zelensky was said just like, I think it was yesterday afternoon, which was, you know, maybe 36 hours ago, um, was saying, please help us stop this before it starts. And it was, I think it was too late anyway. Um, I also think it, it, it was really kind of getting on my nerves that every day I was seeing, um, something posted either, you know, on whatever news feed I'm looking at, pretty much every news feed that I was looking at. Um, oh, you know, they keep saying, oh, we have information that says, you know, Putin's going to invade Ukraine. Putin's going to invade Ukraine any day now. It could be any day. And that went on for like two or three weeks, uh, two, two, two and a half weeks. And I'm like, okay, is it really going to happen? Or are they just, are they just trying to distract us from some other things? that are going on in the, in it right here at home. Yeah. And that's, that's one of my biggest concerns too, is that I feel like we're, we're being, we're being told some things about what's going on on the other side of the world. That's, that is very impactful for everybody. If you think about it financially, it's going to have a huge impact on um, everything. According to, you know, if you, if you're looking at what, Biden did by shutting down the the uh, Keystone pipeline, but allowing Russia to go ahead, go forward with the um, the Nord Stream two, which has been now shut off too because of sanctions. Um, but there's just there's so much going on here. I almost feel like our hype of the Russian Ukraine incidents incident the thing that's going on now has been uh, something to bring our minds off of what we have right here in our country, which we have so much going on internally, especially with what's going on. And I, I, I'm sorry to keep bringing up Canada, but it's a, it's a huge impact on our society. I mean, we're, that's right. <laughs> we are neighbors for crying out. They're, they're our biggest contributor, you know, their biggest trade uh, partner. And for us to allow what happened, we know what was going on up there and, and, just like let it go and think about what something is going on across the world. Now I understand that Trudeau has uh, backpedaled quite a bit and has released the uh, freeze on any finances. Um, but I, I just, I really feel like we've been, we're, we're kind of being steered by these, like you, you these false flags to, to pay attention. Hey, it's the magician, right? Look at this hand, but pay pay no attention to what this hand is doing over here because I'm going to trick you. And that's, I I feel like that's what we're dealing with, with this Russian situation. However, 
that was 36 hours ago that I had those thoughts. But then, <laughs> but then he, Putin went ahead and pulled the trigger. And now he's really like, he's going, you know, from what we're being told in the media, who knows how much of this is true. <laughs> like you said, there, there's video of, 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 you know, bodies and, and explosions and oh, stuff. I and I, I, I believe that. Are you there? Hello? Let's see here. Oh, there you go. Okay. Sorry. Um, at what point did you lose me? Just when you were talking about that okay. with with uh, Trudeau. Oh, okay. So anyway, <clears throat> I just I just feel like there's so many things being thrown at us that they they needed to to kind of distract us by this other thing that's going on, which is still very very impactful for the rest of the world. But I I I think I... things are going to happen. I think it's going to fall into place, and I don't think it's going to blow up into a gigantic. Uh, world war like some people have have said I, I that's just my opinion i don't know where you stand on that one so no i tend to agree i do think that is like you said I, I i do think this all ties together this is meant to be and again just from the perspective of the way the u.s government is handling this mm-hmm. um you know and internally it is meant to be a distraction albeit a very large one um, it was something that was going to happen anyway. They knew it was going to happen anyway. Uh, and rather than simply to diffuse it diplomatically, it was let's let it escalate. Let's let a bit of the steam blow off um, and get the rest of the world not paying attention. Uh, mm-hmm. Because like you said, uh, what's been happening on the U.S. northern border and in Canada, that's substantial. We have a uh, people's convoy that is sitting in Washington, D.C. right now, and the media doesn't have to pay attention to that. Uh, likewise, no one is paying attention to China and Taiwan. And yeah. that is a more substantial issue because, you know, the, the Southeast Asian region uh, and, and, um, is, and everything going on in the South China Sea is probably much more important for us um in terms of potential conflict and issues than a frankly a border dispute uh that's that's going on in eastern europe um and and so that's the interesting thing and the reason some more history on it that i have been able to piece together uh and we talked about this some when we you know b- before we recorded but is 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 this has been interesting you know ukraine was by far the most powerful country in the ussr next to russia um mm-hmm. and their dominance probably went back and forth the you know the the geographic location of of ukraine makes it a substantial point in europe which is why they had um a major a, a large portion of the soviet nuclear arsenal there and after the fall of the Soviet Union, something needed to be done. Uh, the U.S. In, in 94, the U.S., U.K., Russia, and Ukraine work on, put together something called the Bucharest uh, Agreement, mm-hmm. which um, turns over all of the nuclear arsenal uh, to Russia for decommissioning, in theory, in return, in, theory, in return, like yeah, yeah, I'm sure, um, I'm sure they're destroying all of them. Yeah, they, they got rid of them all. Yeah. They may have had a yard sale or something, but um, 
in uh, but in return Russia, UK and US all agree to respect the current borders of Ukraine because mm-hmm. it was a bit contrived, you know, Ukraine's current shape is kind of the result of um Russia similar to the way Iraq is the shape of Iraq is because of the British. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Iraq is three very distinct defined cultures um, and, and it's, it's the source of a lot of its internal conflict uh, because it it very easily could be three separate countries in the Middle East. Um, If you, if you're looking at it culturally, right? If you're looking at it culturally, yes, yes, absolutely. You'd end up actually having, instead of three separate countries, you'd, but you'd actually have a country that would, or a group that would have maybe perhaps joined Iran. Uh, so right. you'd either have three separate countries in there. You'd have a, a, a much larger Iran, a larger Turkey, and then mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a much smaller footprint of Iraq. But, and some people might disagree with me on that. Uh, that's simply what I observed when while I was there. But um, Ukraine has a bit of that too. So we've got two halves of Ukraine, I I say halves, a large majority of of Western Ukraine that considers themselves aligned very much with European um, uh, sentiment. And and so they want to work with the West. They want to be partnered in NATO. They want to be thought of as part of that, you know, as part of the EU um, and, and part of that Eastern, Western European um, partnership, right? Eastern Eastern Ukraine is largely ethnically Russian because of large population placements mm-hmm. that took place during the Soviet era. They are ethnically Russian. They speak Russian predominantly, and they are much more aligned with Russia. Um, and when and those are those in, are the two those are the two sections that that they have declared independence. Right? That's that's what those two that's a, areas that's a, that that's okay go on yeah exactly and that's even just a small portion of that eastern side there's mm. there's a much larger area that while they do um align with russia they still seem to like the idea of their ukrainian identity so right not all of eastern ukraine is uh, a proponent of of separation but um but yeah, definitely this far east little tip, you know, that little Dunbas region is uh was already of that thinking. And then mm. that seemed to hold for two decades until twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen the US supports I don't know if we instigate or if we just simply support a coup, an overthrow of an elected right. president. Mm. That is that is um, very much pro-Russian in terms of a diplomatic and political relationships, and they implement a new guy who is. And you're you're. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're referring to Crimea, right? Is this no, no, no. The Crimea. This incident? is Ukraine. No, okay. the, Crimea occurred because of this. So 2014 okay. occurs, and we get a regime change that is much more pro-European, pro-Western. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, that was the last straw for these eastern areas of of um, Ukraine. Ukraine. At that yeah. point, yeah. So at that point, Crimea, which had been given to 
I say given, bequeathed, whatever the term might be, um, uh, back in the 1950s from Russia to Ukraine, um, there is still very much, there was a pro-Russian sentiment that was large enough there that they simply wanted to be part of Russia. And I guess its location is strategic there for Russia, and they took it back. Um, and uh, and it was a unilateral action on their part. At the same time, there is a coup or a rebellion that started in those in that Donbas region of Ukraine, um, where yeah they take over, they dissolve the existing local governments, and implement. You know they do typically what a, a, a takeover does, right? And they implement leadership. Eventually, though, they conduct uh, elections that aren't recognized by anywhere, you know, any other country. But they, they, mm. they conduct local elections, um, and the people vote for yeah. their current government. And now, you know what? I'll tell everybody there. There may be an edited point right here, so we'll, right. you know, if if, so if I've cut off and we've jumped back in, yes, we're to bounce back. <laughs> but, but no, where where I was at, just kind of trying to cover this this century of history very quickly i mean it's really just been this last two decades that things have gone on two or three decades you know since Mm -hmm. the mid-90s but now we're with 2014 and the coup the regime change in ukraine um that you know questionably I, i don't know how they operate i've heard people saying that look it's not a democracy it's it's an oligarchy uh i've heard people say no 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 you know the Ukraine is a functioning democratic state and it it's it's people are free and and depending on where you look at a, a large majority of Ukraine of Ukrainians like perfectly well with a state of of the current leadership in 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 Ukraine but mm-hmm. this what's really key is this small contingent of in eastern Ukraine that does not and with the regime change uh conducted a rebellion took over the the local leadership and politics implemented their own government started conducting their own elections and restructured so they have been holding on their their independence now for 6 years um a civil war has been happening in Ukraine right mm-hmm. the the battle lines where people have they've been talking about these aren't russians that the ukrainians are fighting they're just pro russian ukrainians that have been in this Donbass region. And so there's, I mean, there's whole uh, battle lines and, and trenches and, and um, no go lines and spaces and all that stuff all throughout that region. And, where they've and, been and it's been happening for a while that nobody has talked about. Like this, yeah. has been, this, this little, this, these, these um, skirmishes that are happening in Eastern, Eastern Ukraine between um russian russian favorites or patriots against other ukrainians there's been there's been crap going on in that section for a while it's not just like sorry like the 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 spin doctors like i mentioned before have basically said you know this this is brand new this just happened like out of nowhere you know that's the way that they may not say that but that's the presentation that they give that suddenly putin's a maniac and wants to take over you know wants to reunite the ussr basically 
And, you know, it, it, if you look at it, it it seems like that could be the case. Like, he really does want to reunite the USSR, you know, since he took took Georgia back at one point, and then Crimea was part of that process. Um, and as I'm looking at the map, I'm like, man, there's a lot of other, you know, like, if you look at what was broken off from the USSR was you had Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan also were part of the whole USSR family. And uh, there was what other, there were some other ones uh, like, was Belarus part of the USSR at one point? Okay. Uh, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, those are all, those were all oh, part the, of the USSR, right? The uh, entire Eastern Bloc. And since yeah. you're looking at a Anything, map, the... you got Pol uh, Poland, Czech. Oh man, <laughs> it's crazy how much there That's... used to be part of Russia and, and they're spinning it to a, to where Putin is just about being a patriot and wants to reorganize the whole USSR, which is, it's a crazy it, thought, but it's not a stretch to, yeah, to it, think it, the way he's, the way they're spinning it. Russia, and, and I don't know if he wants to fully implement the, the, the USSR or mm -hmm. at least the, the Eastern block buffer. Um, and I think that's the intention. So Moscow's location um, is very, that's very a good far point. west. And it is um, it is always something that has been of concern for Russia. Uh, and that was part of the impetus for in developing that, you know, taking over that, e that eastern bloc in Europe in order to provide that buffer you know, put a little more distance between them and you know, the capital city and the rest of Europe. Um, right. Because it's too close. It's too close to the border. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Right. you I, we, when we had a conversation the other day about just, you know, chit chat, like yeah, Moscow is too close to the border and that's why they're trying to kind of distance themselves from a border to protect it more. Right. So go on. Right. And, and with NATO, <laughs> you know, again, like I said, everybody's got a little bit of, of blame, um, at the same time, I can't um, blame anybody for having done what they did. We've got all of these countries that, following the the dissolution of the Soviet Union, had chaotic times of various you know various levels. They had uh, nat national and cultural identities that they were um, re recapturing. Um, mm -hmm. And define, you know, redefining themselves um, and refinding themselves. You know, these countries right. that had been living under a boot for seventy years, mm -hmm. and as they're trying to rebuild, uh, develop new partnerships, new industry, new trade, um, they felt understandably vulnerable, and so they were interested in joining this this security organization that uh, that is NATO. Well. You know, had NATO stopped where it was at in 1990, there would mm -hmm. still be plenty of neutral, independent country territory between NATO and Moscow. Instead, since since the fall of the Soviet Union, 14 countries have joined NATO. Yeah, a um, lot, a lot, and they're yeah, all in and, that. They're all in the Eastern Bloc. There, that's it's very, um, it's very local to what's yeah. going on there. I mean, you've got, I, I think. Uh, what uh, Belarus is part of NATO now, right? 
Mm-hmm. Is that one of yes. those countries? Uh, right. Yeah, Pol- no, Poland for no. sure. Pol- Poland, Lithuania, Czech Republic. Most of those, I don't know right. if Belarus is. Um, okay. You know, they just they just did a military exercise with Russia. I don't know if they are part. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good uh, point. <laughs> but that's the key. And then there's other stuff. And you know, we could talk about the the history and NATO of, of NATO. It's pretty interesting, but. You know, that's the key is I can't blame them for wanting to have joined that and have this this relationship with a much stronger West to develop Mm -hmm. this defensive posture because they didn't know what was going to happen and they didn't know what Russia doing. And maybe Russia would have moved back in on them. Um, Maybe not. But because because we, uh, you know, as the dominant military force of NATO (laughs) have lined the Eastern front of NATO with def- a defensive military posture. Um, we then have positioned Russia to say, well, I, we can't just, <laughs> we can't just have our borders lined with your, and your, your weapons, your defensive weapons. And you're saying that, yeah, well, we're just, we're just partners. We're just, you know, defending the country right. and then Russia not be allowed to defend itself in terms of posture when i say defense i mean you know a, a large military posture here we, we've accused right. them of having a hundred thousand troops along the border two hundred thousand troops along the border yeah I heard it's a border it's a border yeah, yeah where are you gonna where are you also gonna put troops i mean the whole point is to defend your country you're gonna put them on your border they don't mm-hmm. do any good sitting in the middle um and right now that's their most vulnerable border uh and um, we would do the same thing if somehow, you know, in the U.S., if Mexico joined a, some sort of treaty organization, okay. secure, military security treaty with China or in Russia, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden those countries are, are sending weapons to Mexico and Mexico is saying, well, we're just strengthening our border. Okay, well, so are we. Um, but. You know, it, so both sides feel forced, both sides feel pressured, and that goes back into that thing like, you know, we've been talking about is that they, there's a lot of pressure. It's been building a long time. It certainly isn't something that just magically happened. Uh, Putin may be a mad, power-hungry tyrant, but he's not crazy. He's not no, he's just playing, going to have thrown this together. No, he's playing the slow game. Yeah. He's yeah. playing the slow game, which is, you know, if if you play the slow game long enough, you will win. I mean, it 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 has it has it definitely has its its uh, its positives because you lure your opponent into false security. Okay, like yeah, he, he yeah. took over right. He took over Georgia. He let it go. Then 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 years later, kind of let it just go. Let things go. And then he goes and, you know, and then Crimea happens. And it seems like China also knows how to play the long game. Um, They've been playing it for years already. They, and I I heard, I heard something, I can't remember where I heard this uh, term, but they said that they have a hundred year plan. The Chinese have a hundred year plan. I don't know when that started like when the hundred years actually started, <laughs> but the hundred year plan is to, you know, slowly dominate the world. And I don't know why the only, uh, the only thing I can come up with to why 
we humans have this terrible thing in our head and it's pride and ego and if you look at every every situation as far as tyranny goes and um overreaching of government not just in today's world but i'm talking you know over the last hundreds of years thousands of years it's all about power and greed and one person who has this personal pride you look at oh, i don't know uh napoleon you know it was all about yeah. him he, he was you know it was all about him having the thing and and i just i just really think that that's that's what we've all come down to is, is there's these these people that just have can't get past their own pride to for everybody to live in peace it's just, I, I, it's just never going to happen because there's too many people that are that have this huge ego and i, I don't know where i was going with this look i i have a reputation on, on my previous podcast of being <laughs> the tan the tangent king okay i i was actually given that title at one point um i don't have any papers or or um or statues or, or trophies to to claim that but i've been term the tangent king so i go off a little bit sometimes um i just have too much going on up here i can't like this you know i'm like 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 trying to go to sleep at night is a nightmare because you know that little circle that that little circle on windows when you're shutting down it just keeps going and going that's yes. how my brain works so so that just forgive me everybody listeners please i i go off and then i lose track of where i was going in the first place so ryan needs to rein me in and bring me back to track so i don't know where i was going with pride and... no that's it's no absolutely it, and actually i mean that's there you go this is this is conspiracy theory right we go off on philosophical right. tangents it is okay right. and that's the driving factor there and you know to use that uh, as an aspect in this conversation is mm -hmm. that would have been easy enough to use people recognize that you know they know that um that the the typical narratives the typical propaganda that is put out for anything whether where they're talking about their specific domestic issues or they're talking mm. about international if issues or the driving force of of conflict and all of that stuff and oftentimes it it can be boiled down simply to either control of resources or mm. uh, because exercising of ego I mean, that's, that's how world wars have started. It's either bruising of egos or mm -hmm. control of resources, usually both. And yeah, that's, a, that's a really good point. The controlling resources is a very important point of this. Um, uh, uh, that's a, yeah, I didn't even take that into consideration. I, I have a problem with, I always go back to pride and ego and self indulgence. Um, anyway, go on. But so we have that. Um, sorry. Uh, and, uh, and I could take us on tangents too. I'm stopping myself, but, <laughs> but in, in exploring this, but very much, you know, in terms of, of ego, we, the U S and Russia both have egos that are deeply bruised and, and protected because of, again, 70 years of, of conflict yes. and, um, and a substantial amount of, of that. So, um, the idea that 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 Russia is is attempting to regain a little bit of their national pride, 
and perhaps regain um, some space that they've always considered theirs anyway, that's perfectly a reasonable assumption to make. In addition, resources. I mean, we are in the middle of an, mm-hmm. of, of an energy war that's been ongoing pretty much since, you know, we've we've moved into this this modern realm of of an oil-based energy consumption society and so with with nord stream having been nixed with with regime regime changes uh, caused in syria and in ukraine in order to make mm-hmm. it favorable for things like the uh what is it the cutter um is it cutter turkey pipeline or cutter it the, yeah the, it's yeah, there was a previous pipeline. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so we've got pipelines that that want a piece of that, and to reduce the essentially the monopoly that Russia's had on European fuel oil, um, and then not only that, instead of saying, "Well, we just want healthy competition," they're saying we're actually going to eliminate Russia's uh, capability of of selling oil in Europe um, as much as possible and to reduce it to a point of being non-viable and um that's a that's a threat to theirs so from from a russian perspective they've just constantly been um been backed further and further into a corner from our perspective russia is always going to have taken aggressive stance with these countries and we need to you know, because because we have diplomatic relationships with these countries um that we need to make sure that um the bully in the room isn't uh, is is quelled so both sides think they're in the right but this i guess to go back you know to kind of wrap this back around all of this makes sense and we could talk about this for hours and think of it in different perspectives and everybody's trying yeah. to do that and we probably could do this again in a week or in a month and have even uh, still be trying to make sense of all of this, right? But this all kicks off with that crazy press release that that the White House put out about this false flag. You know, again, we don't need a conspiracy theory onto why a Ukraine-Russia conflict would start. We just said that. There's a combination of egos. There's a combination of of resource control Mm -hmm. there is there is all sorts of stuff there's a whole history um centuries of history between ukraine and russia uh and and so the the real the real issue is i think that false flag the very fact that they went out and talked about a false flag itself was a false flag activity so by coming out and saying russia (laughs) is going to do this okay we have now blamed Russia for an action mm. that they were never going to do, but it is now in the public's mind. And in turn, by doing that, would create a no-win situation, a, par- a, a paradox, right? Where as if Russia denied, if Russia comes along and denies and says, well, we're not going to do that, or we didn't do anything. Well, of course you would say that. That's the whole point of the false flag. You're denying it. Mm. If, if, they, um, if, if Ukraine in turn um came out even if the even if ukraine actually attacked russia or perhaps attacked the donbass region mm. then they could come along and deny it and everyone would say see oh yeah 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 we were told russia was going to do this and russia could sit there and say no it's the ukrainians 
No, we know that you are going to blame them. I mean, we've we've already in our minds accepted that they've created a false flag before they even did it. So now the public was ready. So as soon as as soon as a conflict started, we could say, see, we told you Russia was going to set Ukraine up. It doesn't even matter what the truth is. It doesn't matter what happened. Mm-hmm. You, they can't. There's no way Russia cannot confirm or deny it. You know, they, they, it doesn't matter what they say. And so at that point, um, one, the public is now ready. We've we've rebolstered this old enemy and created them anew in, in this American mindset. Right. Russia's the Soviets and all that. There's always the Red Scare. They're there. They <laughs> I was yeah, just talking yeah. about I was talking about Red Dawn today yes, at work. Dude, dude. It's right? a great movie. Walking awesome through the movie. hallway screaming the Wolverines. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The original uh. screaming Wolverines and saying, okay, it's it. So that's what we have. We have this old enemy made new uh, and they're up to their old tactics, just like we suspected. See, they're going to just right. I mean, fake it. And, and so now it doesn't matter. And at that point, Putin can say, well, look, you know what? It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do. You expect me to do it. I'm going to do it. Mm. And right, it was almost like we egged him on, yeah, to, or or encouraged uh, the whole thing. But it, it, I, can we can I tangent on the eighties? Uh, yes, Red yes. Dawn reference. Please do. So please do. There are there are <laughs> there are several movies that totally pitted Russians against the U.S. in the eighties. That was just phenomenal. So you got Rocky Four for one. Okay, that was a yes. great one. Okay, Red Dawn was another one. Another one was uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Red Heat. I don't know if yes, you Red one, Heat, that, absolutely. That was a good one. Uh, there was a handful of others, but I'm going to throw something a little more obscure in there, and it's just a music okay. video, okay? Yes. And it is by, by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and it's okay. called Two Tribes. Okay, two tribes. When two tribes go to war, go and look. If you're listening to the show, go and look up the video. Okay, and it is Reagan, like in a pit fight, Reagan versus Gorbachev, and it it's a classic, really. And it, I don't know why it came in. It popped into my mind the other day about you know this this little tiff that well. I, I don't I, believe, but for for one, I just don't buy that Biden is that really that that being strong enough uh, in the way he presents how he's approaching this Russian conflict. So I don't see. I, there's no way that like Biden would be as strong enough as Reagan was stand the way Reagan stood up to Gorbachev at the time, and you know tear down this wall. I mean, you never. That's that's a a classic quote from that era. But yeah. there, it's it's funny how all of this has come from this this Russian and U.S. Uh, an, uh, animosity between each other and this this fear of this Cold War coming back to fruition is really freaking me out. Um, being back in a Cold War that could be, you know, I don't know how accurate it is, but I saw a couple blurbs on you know mainstream media about uh, about. Russia practicing nuclear tactics. I'm like, how how exactly do you practice nuclear tactics without launching a freaking nuclear bomb? I mean, there's duck and, like this, duck and cover, pra- duck and cover. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go in the hallway. <laughs> yeah. And put your head down. Put your head down over your, you know, oh, yeah. put your arms over your head, <laughs> and just hide in the hallway because that that will protect you from any any nuclear blast that'll happen. Um, which are some, if you want to see some really right. fascinating, interesting uh, old clips, just look back into the '60s with the black and white '50s and '60s black and white uh, videos that they used to show kids to hide under the desk if there's, you know, if there's a nuclear war, just just by chance, you know, you, you can uh, just hide under your desk or go in the hallway and everybody huddle together and everything is going to be okay. We won't have any fallout well, or anything. Sorry, I, I'm, like I said, tangent. Another one gone. Boom. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to put the Frankie Goes to Hollywood link in. Uh, I, I found oh, it. On, on, it it'll be in the show notes so that everybody can see it. But if yeah, I mean, watched, if you haven't seen that video, like it, it really go back and watch it. It's very fascinating. It's 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 really a trip or, or even Land of Confusion. Another one G- or Genesis. Land of Confusion. Right. And, yes, and so and that's good. the thing, too. I mean, you know, talk about egos and posturing. I mean, Gorbachev had a policy of he was already trying to open up the Soviet Union. I mean, they were already seeing the writing mm-hmm. on the wall. They had perestroika. They had a, a, a mm-hmm. mindset already occurring. And uh, Reagan uh, definitely monopolized on that. I mean, he took advantage of that, of saying, we're working this diplomatically, but we can also show strength. Um, right now, we don't have that with Biden. I mean, you know, the... It just depends from administration to administration. Clearly, Biden cannot convey that sort of strength. The, the, no. the American, the, the American public, it, it's pretty, I mean, the, 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 the public opinion is pretty strong about that. I mean, and so yeah. in this case, there was going to be no ability for us to convey to, hey, Russia, we're drawing a line in the sand. You know, we're only going to allow you to mess around so far, but here's a line you can't cross. And instead of doing that because there was not, we were not going to be able to do that. Um, Instead, they, this, this wild game of we're going to create a a scenario. One there it's, it's almost a psyop on the American public, right? We're going to shape the American public perception and the global perception because they sent this information out to other people, right? To is we're going to paint this crazy picture that shows just how, uh, cruel and desperate and devious Russia is so that you, we eliminate all trust. And I guess a, a final thought on it to get into that uh, philosophically, uh, I came across a, a very large paper, but the introduction is really just kind of what, what covers it. And this is interesting. And it's that um, the abstract on this says that we assume that a state of distrust is the mental system signal that the environment is not normal. Things may not be as they appear. Hence, individuals sense they should be on guard. In particular, they are likely to avoid routine strategies, ones proven to be optimal and regularly used in normal environments, because these strategies are easily anticipated by whoever may be seeking to deceive them. Conversely, a state of trust is associated with a feeling of safety. The environment is as it normally is, and things really are as they appear to be. Thus, Sorry. individuals thus individuals see no reason to refrain from doing what they routinely do. But so in this situation, they're conducting an experiment to change that. And and it's basically in in this particular study, they're 
their conclusions, they're running these, these situations and they conclude that there are situations in which a, um, uh, a system, a, a state of distrust is optimal mm. to a, a, a feeling of trust because of, you know, being hyper aware, being on guard. And that's effectively what's happened. Once you have a false flag scenario in which you can't trust that either side is telling the truth. You right. know, like I said, we have to revisit everything that has happened over we take your pick however far back in history you want to go and say okay well any time that there was a claim of a false flag do we need to reconsider it now that there it's apparently real or going forward um we have these any situations and we have to say well was that a, a straightforward uh, attack was that a straightforward confrontation is this a fake out is we, we are now in a in a state of distrust. We're hyper aware, but we're also breaking normal. And we've mm. seen from the last two years, the whole goal has been to break down normal and redefine it. Um, and so, it's a tac- it This was a tactic that's that's almost was just tossed in to a convenient situation, where they get intelligence as far back as November, December saying, okay, we about to have a, we're about to have a conflict in Europe. Okay. Mm. And we're going to have to deal with this. It's largely a European issue. It's largely going to be a dispute between Russia and Ukraine, but it's Mm. going to involve NATO allies. Fine. We've got this whole thing that we'll be able to figure out as, as the months go by. But, we also need to continue this effort of breaking down, as you said, perception and reality, the current reality mm. of the public, because we're continuing to implement this, this strat, you know, this structure, this re this new normal. And, you know, it's not an accident that, that Trudeau two days after parliament goes ahead and confirms that the emergency powers can remain permanent in many mm-hmm. cases, he right. he goes ahead and he ends it. Well, and it's because later that day in a speech, he talked about how Canada um, supports the 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 freedom and independence of Ukraine and its people, and he certainly couldn't come out talking about being a proponent mm-hmm. of freedom while he was shutting down bank accounts and locking down his cities. So that was optics. Um, but, <laughs> optics, but, man. Optics has yeah. changed everything. In the last last 10, 15 years, optics has become the yeah. the only, the, really the most influential thing that you can see out there. Because like, just for instance, uh, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, there are these people that go out there and they'll just shoot a short video and they'll put it up on on Facebook and you or wherever and you don't get to see, sorry, hold on one second. My dog opened the door. Um, you don't get to see what's really going on, so it all becomes of like I said before, and like you, you know, mentioned too, is the perception is reality. So you know, if you see enough videos of um, of certain situations, you're going to start to believe it because, well, you know, it's what they're showing me on Twitter. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it, yeah, and, and so. I, I, I think that's key. And I, that's really that's really the focus of the conversation that I wanted to have here. It's because it's so broad. 
Um, and I think it's worth a constant conversation um, to discuss this going on and, and its implication in the broader picture, uh, because certainly those these all need to be talked about together. Canada, right. China, Russia, Ukraine, Taiwan, Europe in general, the Middle yeah. East in general, the U.S., in general, we need to factor ourselves mm-hmm. into there. We're not the, you know, we're certainly not an untouched and unscathed um, factor in all of this as well. Oh, but, gosh, um, no. No, we're, yeah. we're going to have collateral damage. Like, I think we're going to be collateral damage. Just the U.S. general public is going to be collateral damage due to the, you know, any of the sanctions that are going on. Um, the price of oil you know, the barrels of oil that have gone up to, you know, they're close to a hundred dollars a barrel. Now I remember, I think it was during the Bush era. It was up to close to a hundred. It was like 90, 90 something dollars a barrel. And yeah. then it went back down and it, it, you know, it kind of tapered off and then it kind of went back down and it was, it was reasonable. And everybody was getting gas. Like I remember it was dipping down, you know, into the high dollar eighties, you know, dollar 85, dollar 89 at one point. This was early in the Trump administration, I think, maybe mid. Uh, It went up slowly, and then, you know, eventually it got higher. And everything is tied to gas. And with this, with the way, I I don't know if this is a, is this, (laughs) one of my wife's favorite things to say is follow the money. And I mean, it's not just my wife ever, but, you know, it's it's a general statement. But, you know, I'll I'll just throw a random question out there that has something to do with, you know, some kind of you know, controversial stuff. So I just follow the money, you know, and that's where you end up going because that, and it goes back to the money and the pride and the resources like you're, like you brought up before. I I don't know where this is all going. Like in, in 48 hours, again, another 48 hours, we could be having a completely different conversation. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think so. And like really things are changing so fast now that we it's hard to even keep up with it from hour to hour with um the way things are going in the world yeah i think the real key right now is that uh honestly uh, the the populations the general public of multiple countries are being mm-hmm. used as crisis actors by their governments um <laughs> you know cer- certainly the people in 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 canada you know the truckers they they were in in the citizens of Ottawa that didn't have much of a problem with it um were you know they were being they were being played up as these these crisis actors suffering um this very thing you know we are we're being now being painted as victims of Russia uh CBS has already decided to tell everybody that inflation is because of Russia um that all the problems we've had, uh, I think they jumped the gun just a little bit. You know, if you're going to change the narrative, you got to wait a few days, but, but, <laughs> well, I, thought but they so were that, bl- I thought everybody just blamed Trump for everything these days. That's what it seems yeah. like. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're getting, to, that's the key. They, they needed a, another enemy. They've had an enemy in COVID now for two years, but, right. but while you can blame COVID for a lot of things, um, it didn't infect the stock market. You know, it's not a computer virus. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe right, it's because I mean, we've, seen, computers, we've, seen but... no, we've seen nothing but growth in the stock market over the last, you know, even the last two years with, yeah. during COVID. Yeah. It's still, it was, uh, the yeah. economy was still growing as far as stocks and, and stuff like that goes. Um, we have seen this some go- changes in inflation. Go on, go on. 
this actually just goes back to, I mean, this is, and I know you're familiar with my, uh, going back that episode I did with Jade Helm, this goes all the way back to 2015 Mm -hmm. when really the uh, Russian hacker narrative was, was truly started. So Mm -hmm. Russia has been our computer virus, you know, has been that enemy, um, since, since then, and probably before then, but, um, that's, that's the key now, right? So now anything that happens economically, um, and you know, we, we both listen to shows that talk about this fifth generational warfare, um, and the idea that these, this sort of stuff is, is, is going to be conducted, right? It's an information war. Mm -hmm. It's a data war. It's an access war. And so, um, Russia's already been the villain in the information war. Uh, they've been the hacker, the evil, the evil hacker that's that's impacted elections, that's impacted economies, that's affected businesses. Right? They've been using it. So this is nothing collusion. new. It's all yeah. about collusion. It's it, the it Russian really, collusion. It, so the narrative, oh honestly, the strategy God. hadn't changed. It was just a new tactic, and 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 so the overall strategy is stay the same. Is keep this evil villain and play it's just this new aspect that i found fascinating right of creating and using a false flag by using the topic of false flags and and so you know as I, this is when i start signing sounding like the conspiracy theorist that i am but but yeah it's 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 much easier than to to get the public to take that that tangent on their own They've now mm-hmm. created the sides. They've now drawn the battle lines and you don't have to, we already know, you know, they've decided Russia's going to, what lines Russia's going to cross and how they're, you know, and no matter what they say or do, they've already crossed that line in the sand. So, um, it's, it's a separate conversation. You know, we could talk about it and this is something that's probably more suited for, for y'all's show you know, talking about the current events. I mean, we can talk mm-hmm. about that, um, uh, do this again and say, okay, you know, what's the perspective of uh, recognizing these, these new republics um, mm-hmm. there in Eastern Ukraine? Uh, I happen to think that it really kind of goes against the grain for us to uh, criticize somebody for wanting independence. Um, and, and, and there's, some, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you know, point. there's, yeah. there's some reasons for that. Um <laughs> And, uh, and so, you know, there's, there's that aspect of it too, that regardless, there's also an aspect on Russia's tactic right now that, you know, they're using this, um, asymmetrical warfare, overwhelming use of force. These are all the sort of things that we heard from General Storman Norman, right? Uh, Norman Schwarzkopf Schwarzkopf. during the the Gulf War, (laughs) right? We did not go in there and say, well, we're only going to match them with the same force that they show us. It was overwhelming use of force that is precisely what russia has done which is why within 24 hours they were able to look at the ukraine and say are you ready to surrender yet um so yeah they've already it's hard yeah, to... i saw that they I, they they put out a surrender uh notice yeah. right they they want ukraine yeah. to just 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 cave i don't think they will though i don't think it's gonna they be won't. that easy they won't but they did certainly make it known and so, so again some of that's bravado but it's they they certainly the world certainly realized that Russia came in um, guns a blazing and mm. f- just objectively from a conduct war standpoint, 
it's hard to say that that wasn't the right strategy or we wouldn't have done the same. So there's all these different aspects of this that we can talk about this from a current hot war and a conflict that's occurring now in Europe versus this, you know, separated from this propaganda war that we've been dealing with now here in North America and that the globe's been dealing with now for the past two years and really going forward. And, and this little piece of it that's, that's been used, that's now a new layer, um, you know, that, that the, the next time, I mean, <laughs> the next time they want to criticize someone like Alex Jones for his wild ideas. <laughs> yeah. We well, should, we should, some of them have happened. Like, a- like absolutely. There, <laughs> wow. Yeah. There's, there's few people that have proven to be more prescient, you know, than, than, uh, yeah. than Alex Jones. And, and, um, at some point I'll get, I need to get over to Austin and, and hunt him down. But, um, I, I just think Alex Jones is a time traveler and he knows things. What's really going to happen. That, that's maybe he he's a time maybe. traveler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, well, that, that or he's licking the frogs and it's giving them, you know, visions. The he's, acid, yes. He's, he's, the vision, he's, he's got a trip. Exactly. He's on a, he's on a poison, exactly. uh, poison dart frog okay. trip. Yep. Yep. All right. Nice. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Scott, I, I'm so off the rails today. No, and, you know, I... <laughs> but that's the point. And and you know, like we talked about, the whole point of this episode being structured differently, um, yes, is is because that's precisely how a false flag works. Right? Is that it changes your structure and expectation to where you can't anticipate things, and it's different. And and so you do not approach things necessarily rationally. Uh, mm. and, and it doesn't, things don't suddenly move linearly. They, they, they stop functioning properly. Just like that study saying, right? Distrust, um, it, it causes a, a break from the normal. Um, mm. and that's precisely what we've been experiencing. Uh, and the use of this just out of the blue false flag accusation is something to breed distrust. It's meant to be a tangent. Again, it's meant to break normal. Um, and it, it, it's, it's going to be an under-discussed aspect of this because the reality has taken over the conversation. But right. at some point, this needs, it will creep its head back in. And, um, and it's, you know, it's worth considering. Uh, but, um, you know, otherwise, it's just a piece of this overall puzzle. I just thought it was a good conversation worth having. Uh, oh, and I needed to, Yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, for all of that, um, for all of the ways we could explore this, right. And, and the, the, one of the best aspects of having you on is that, is that you do, right. You're the, what, you're the old man on the show you know, on, on your podcast, <laughs> yeah, for, you know, yeah, on, on, and, yeah, on the America Today podcast. I am the old man. So it's, it's and, Nathan. Who's like the, the mediator, basically he's, I think he's 27 or okay. 25 and then and then the my mother two nephews are 24 and 21 or 20 and, yeah and see, so and, i'm here i am 54 I, i've been around the block a couple times you know i know a little bit more i have a little more experience <laughs> but um it's it, it's really cool I, I and this is another little side little side step here but it's really fun being the old man in that group and and being able to have a different aspect than what 
what they have, you know, but the, <clears throat> I mean, they're all in, you know, kind of in the same mindset that we are as far as the way things are going. Excuse me one second. I apologize. Go. It's so weird. I'm sorry. The dogs, they, they love yeah. being in the room with me when I podcast. And then one of them just, just needs to go out of the room for some reason right now. Yes. Um, it's getting until they want to come back in. Yeah. 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 Until they, yeah. In five seconds. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's been, it's, it's so much fun being on their show and having a different aspect. And it's really, uh, it's really good having somebody like yourself that has, has had some of the experience. I, I, you're younger than I am, I believe. Um, and I just think we have a similar, we have a similar background to the way we think about things and the way we vision envision, um, yeah. what's going on in the world. Um, I, you know, conspiracy theoryology is, I, I love your show. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on, uh, when, whenever I listen to one of your shows, it, it triggers a lot of ideas and thoughts and I want to jump in like in the middle of the show, go, but what, blah, blah, blah. you know, I, I want to throw something in there and I'll say, I, I still say your, your, your show on masks, which was, um, in, was that 2020 or 20? Yeah. It's 2020, yeah, 2020. 2021 is 2020. That dude, that show blew my mind. Like you really, any of your listeners, you need to go back and listen to that episode. I don't remember the number of the episode, but it was outstanding. And it was, uh, it was just, it was called something about what was the name of it? Mask, um, unmasked, oh. unmasked. Well, I had, was I it, had it, two, it? I had two. You're making me remember titles. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right. No, it was, um, um, I have it saved in my podcast because oh, I've listened to it multiple times. Was it, did you want masking the truth? Yeah. I had, was it, uh, yes, no, I, was it unmasking or unmasking? It was masking the truth. Masking um, the truth. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, that, yeah. That was, uh, that's a good one, man. I even, <laughs> I, so we were in, uh, we were in Tennessee visiting my family, which my nephews live in, in the Tennessee area there. And, and, uh, we were saying my mom went to visit at the same time. She lives up in the Northwest and she came down to visit and we went up from Florida and all met together at my brother's and, and, uh, and I was telling my mom, you know, we were talking about, you know, because it's, it's the time of masking and vaccines and all this stuff. And, uh, I actually referred you, your show, that one masking show. And she listened to it while we were, we were staying at a VRBO and she listened to it while she was getting ready one day while I, you know, we we're staying together and she comes out and she goes, Oh man, that was really intense. Like it was so powerful the way you presented uh, how psychologically masks are just radical. They're just, it's a, uh, it's something that changes everything in our lifestyle. Like I'm so distraught over the kids that sit in school with freaking masks on and they don't, they can't read facial expressions. They're, you know, a, a good field to get into for any younger listeners is going to be speech therapy and, um, Referrals for, 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 for speech, referrals for speech and behavioral treatment in schools yes. has increased over five hundred percent. See that hit ridiculous. close home to me. I, you've got mm. ten years on me. I'm sitting right okay. in the sweet spot. I've got kids. 
Um, mm. And it was very, you know, important. And I, I'd, I'd like to say I saw everything coming from all this, but I didn't. Right. I just knew that 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 this was going to be issue. I saw a pattern, uh, as most people did. You know, many people saw the pattern. Um, so I, I certainly, you know, don't have a, a a monopoly on that. It was just trying to get people to understand the concept of a problem coming that was much more than just the immediate issue or the immediate inconvenience. Right. There was a bigger thing coming. And my kids, I, 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 we already have, I have a, a special needs child. Mm-hmm. And so there was a big aspect to that with development that was already a struggle. And to think right. that that was going to have to play another part. I, Anyway, that particular topic really hit close to home to me. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that people really did, you know, that that resonated. I, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think it's, I think this the masking thing is just ridiculous. I, I I'm, I'm so tempted to just go get a paper bag and do the unknown comic thing, you know, just cut out the holes in the paper bag and just walk around a grocery store and just to see what happens, <laughs> see what people look at, you know, how you look at. Now, yeah. fortunately, you know, being in Florida, um, you know, we've had, we've been open for <laughs> like a year and 10 months, you know, since the two, right. since the two right. years, you know, you know, like, like Florida has been the most, uh, gosh, can you use, can you say the word liberal? in this sense like in yes. the sense of the, being yes properly so right yes it, 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 right <laughs> it's not we're not they're not liberal Class, as in classically as in liberal liberal but yeah it's, it's, it's a very liberated uh state that you know DeSantis threw down the he he just threw down basically and he's kind of a badass in the way i see it he's not taking any crap from anybody and he's he's going you know what federally Okay, you guys do what you want to do, but down here we're gonna do things a little bit differently. And what happened? We we ended up on top anyway. We still had we still had you know lower lower cases of of COVID and lower death rates and than or, or equal to anybody else that had these extreme strict policies for for that stuff. So it, it's been it's different down here. I and, and I know you're in. Texas, so right. Texas has been very. There, there's certain, definitely certain sections that are more. Um, uh, I think Houston is really kind of a very blue city, right? Blue, blue city. Oh blue yeah, city. any any very, of the cities. So. I mean, it's like a lot of places, right? We've got our cities that mm-hmm. are. We got blue. We got blue spots in a red state. Um, right. Right, right, and, right. Uh, Illinois is the same way. Chicago's a blue blue dot in the red state. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, we've had we've been very fortunate down here as far as that goes. So masking when it, when you when we talk about masking down here, I see spots of people you know here and there people are having wearing masks and whatnot. Um, but overall, the masking situation down here has been so uh, open and free that it almost doesn't affect us the same way it does in other parts of the country. So, and I should say, this is, this is part of the impetus. I mean, again, because we've got these different mindsets of Mm -hmm. around the country, um, Mm -hmm. that that's part of the reason. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 
divulging this for the sake of the listeners to that was part of it was one of the reasons you came to mind is you you know yes you're you're a podcaster and you have experience and you are actively paying attention to um current events domestic issues politics you know you reflect the um the above average uh person of of interest in these topics mm-hmm. and the discussion and exploring them at the same time you're a dude from Florida right you're a Florida guy and <laughs> yes I'm a Florida man <laughs> and, and so you know it trying to look at that the question is okay yeah you know here's the here's the white house spitting out and saying this topic you know just the, this topic of of false flags just like you know them announcing a mask requirement or them trying to explain other various things uh justifying the the actions in canada all of these things that occur is how is it that i mean i don't maybe it's because they're they're tackling a target audience but you have Mm -hmm. states like florida states like texas several other states around the country that have not bought in on narratives hook line and sinker right how do these things tennessee is another good example yeah so that was the key is Mm -hmm. Are there are some people right away just immediately turned towards Russia bad, um, just like they bought into everything else, right? Okay, well, you know, we're we're now we're at war with the virus. Okay, now we're at war with with Russia, um, and what's going to be the next one? You know, is is how long are we going to shape the narr- Are we going to shape the narrative that Taiwan is mm-hmm. is really the bad guy? Because how dare they want independence? Um, that's coming from the most independent country in the world, yeah. in world history, because that's the, that's what we've done now is how, how dare these little, you know, these, these insolent rebels. And I need, I need the Imperial March playing in the background right. here, you know, how dare dun, these insignificant, dun, 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 dun. exactly how, how dare they question, um, and, and try and resist, uh, and, it's is it going to be ultimately their fault you know how are we going to do this blame it at the end of the day when we diplomatically try and save face with ukraine and russia and the rest of europe and everything else and are they just gonna um patsy these these uh this little rebellious republic in in eastern ukraine uh so I don't I don't know. I don't know what Putin's intention is. Obviously they want statehood for Russia. They want to join the Russian right. Federation. That's their goal. Um Ukraine just has to concede without bloodshed. That's that's really what I think this and, is all about is they want to say Russia wants them to just go fine. Just go. Just roll over. <laughs> just roll yeah. over and 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 piss on yourself and you know we're going to we're just going to own it. So, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, I, I think I, I don't, I, I can't see where this is going in the next 48 hours because it's, it's, it changes so quickly, but I would really, I really think I'm going to be like glued to um, updates and stuff just to know what's going on in the next, you know, like I said, 48, 72 hours, just the next few days will make a big should we should have a lot of good information of where it's really going to go if it's going to um 
I would say it's going to be fairly quick if we see a scale down from um, both sides to where Ukraine just goes, okay, maybe they, maybe it is time to just submit and, and roll over and, and allow themselves to be the, those independents. Ah, it's so confusing sometimes the, uh, what they're really aiming for. What, what is Ukraine's end goal at this point? That's, that's a good question. Ukraine, I think simply wants to be, um, a part of NATO, um, mm-hmm. and wants to be part of that party because, uh, and when I say party, they want to be part of the party. They want to join in on this, um, this, I guess, effort at shifting the, um, the energy market in Europe. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, it, it seems like the, the, uh, what's it called the Nord, uh, Nord stream two. Yeah. The Nord stream two, mm-hmm. uh, that that's dead in the water. Yeah. Um, they, they killed it like our Keystone pipeline. And so, uh, with Nord stream two down and the, the cutter pipeline up and going, um, and it will be insufficient. They're, there's going to be a push to pull more, uh, gas, mm-hmm. uh, say from the middle East because, the U.S. benefits from good oil business and natural gas business in the Middle East. In the Middle um, East, yes. In the Middle East, right? So that's the key is to shift the um, the European market into the Middle East and away from Russia. Uh, oh, man. I think, you, I think Ukraine just simply wants to be part of that. Um, but Russia's <sighs> not just going to let that happen. And, yeah. um, and in the meantime... So I, that's Ukraine's goal. I, I don't think that they're anything more than wanting to be on what they perceive of as the current winning global economic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, and I don't know if they're I, I if they're, they're part of the UN. Everybody's part of the UN, so I, it seems. Um, yeah, there's a lot but, of a lot of countries. You know, so yes, I suppose so because they did call for a UN Security Council or you're in right. a, a UN uh, Security Council meeting, um, and they want that intervention. So they want strength. Um, and again, this goes back into pride and egos. There is a national pride that Ukraine has, just like the rest oh, of yeah. them do. Um, and I, I've seen that they said that they're they're not going down without a fight. At least as right. far as what their citizens are, that, that's what they're portraying their citizens to believe that they're not going down without a fight. So, and they've even like the Ukraine government has even offered um, weaponry to general citizens to protect themselves. Now, I don't know how accurate that is. You know, you see all kinds of crazy blurbs that come yeah. up on on yeah. different news feeds, and like, okay, <laughs> so uh, it, it's this, interesting. Yeah. So I so. I think that's the extent of Ukraine's motivations. Russia obviously mm-hmm. has a lot more, um, but the fact that the fact that Russia did this this overwhelming force assault and then came back and immediately let the world know that their terms, their conditions for withdrawal, it's a short list. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a short list. It's you know, it's conducting a giant hijacking and then saying, I just, 
I don't know. I just want someone to pay my Netflix fees. I, I <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it it's, it very easy. I mean, very easily countries could start saying, especially if it gets protracted, and it continues to cause cause tension in in Eastern mm-hmm. Europe, for them to start looking at Ukraine and saying, just let those people free. And I can see NATO saying, okay, look, you're just not going to be part of NATO. We're going to answer this for you. Russia, we are not going to let them into NATO. And, you know, that's it. Um, And then if Putin, if that's truly what he's doing, and he's not just positioning for a long game, buying time, if he really is, if that was the issue, and they withdraw, and then annex the Donbass region, and the, mm-hmm. the D, DPR and the, the LNR, LPR, mm-hmm. um, then, I, but that's ideal. That's me saying, that you're trying to give Russia the benefit of the doubt that <laughs> they're just doing, you know, the, all of this is strategic and they're genuinely interested in the welfare of this, you know, these these rebel regions. Um, right. That could be totally wrong. It it could be that that the whole idea is that he's just buying time, and it doesn't matter what uh, Ukraine's answer is, and eventually he's just going to start poking at Poland and Lithuania, and he's just going to see how much he can take. That may it may be that. I I think maybe some of the smaller regions or the smaller, uh, the less powerful, less known regions might be more uh, on his um, radar. I don't think Poland can be on his radar. That that's just way too much. That would be if he was to try to take over Poland. I agree. And they would there. Yeah, they would do they, the the whole world would be like, whoa, okay, whoa, all right. Now they're they're already like a lot of people are already criticizing him for his for his um head move, his movement on Ukraine. But if he was to try to do this to Poland, it would be over. Yeah, this and- this would be this would explode into a full uh, worldwide attack on. Russia's intentions that would be it would be too much and I, and I really don't think it is I think he does want yeah. NATO to to pull back I mean they're not sitting there trying to to um recontrol Kyrgyzstan and um Uzbekistan mm-hmm. and Kazakhstan Kazakhstan and right they're not um and I know I know several people from Kyrgyzstan and Uzbekistan mm-hmm. um wonderful cultures they're they're blossoming out there you know that's russia's not trying to rebuild the soviet union at least southward um i think that it is simply that they've never liked the proximity of moscow to right Europe. it goes back to and, that mm-hmm. and 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 they just want that buffer um if we could if nato can swallow its own pride and withdraw back a little we're not going to there's no reason to um say pull all the way back out of like say, forfeit basically forfeit but, yeah okay but could we make a concession could we show a good uh, a sign of good faith and at least pull off a little reduced numbers something mm. diplomatically i mean if we're going to demand from them concessions what are they going to do you know either this is that game of diplomacy right but uh well is that is that reasonable <laughs> is that reasonable on either side can can we possibly meet somewhere in the middle is it even a is it even a a possibility so uh, your your comments there make me think you know do we do we want to have 
because we have troops in Poland, you know, I mean, we always have troops in Poland. We have, we have 30,000 troops in Germany. We have 20,000 troops in France or something um, that, that we can do a totally different topic, like totally different show just on why I don't think we should be the world police. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I agree completely. You know what? Maybe we need to revisit. It was Putin that, that um, submitted an entire proposal uh, to the mm. UN, I believe, back in December, in which he said, we need to rethink. We need a new – NATO is outdated. NATO needs to end. And yes. we need a new security arrangement that makes everybody feel secure. It's, it's not the new it. green deal. It's not the – it's not the Green New Deal. It's the Green. No, the, not the Green New the, Deal. The, the, it's going to be the the Treaty New Deal. Yeah, yeah, the Treaty. New exactly. Deal. I, I forgot that was the call, the CT something or other. But the yeah. idea is that <laughs> Ru Russia wants to be part. Putin yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, or sometime, I guess right before the conflict started, he actually mentioned to someone that he said, "I never told anybody this, but you know, I asked Bill Clinton one time about uh, Russia joining NATO." So it's it's been on their mind. They want to, the the option of of working with the West. Now it's like he's the it's like they're the bullied the bullied kid, right? Like they're not allowed to join anything. They've always been ostracized because of because they once they once once the U.S. and the and Russia got into this little tiff, you know, back in the Cold War days. It's like they're never been allowed to ever be part of anything cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. Oh, it's so. I mean, it's it's just it, mind-boggling what we're dealing with, right? With this and the situation. Like I said, we we need to revisit this in like two or three days. We need to think about this again. You know, we got to pay yeah, attention absolutely. to where where is it going to go? Because in in a week, it could be we could be in a totally different direction. Uh, in the world totally thinking about China and Taiwan because they were even talking about how it could be coinciding with that timing wise because that timing is got everybody's attention so now we don't have to think about China and Taiwan until it happens which could be yeah. three days from now or a month or who knows year. We'll, who knows when, when we <laughs> get off of this we'll we'll, you know, we'll both be checking the news and finding out <laughs> absolutely um, so um, right. yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll do that. At, we, we, we'll very well have to come up with an addendum and do another yeah. episode. Um, well, yeah, we've been, I, we've I, been, we've been going on for like a good hour and a half now. And, and I just, I could still talk for a while, but oh, I know, I, we, I know we, we should probably wrap it up for this episode and, uh, and revisit very soon. I agree. I agree. And, and I think that's a perfect way to lead it off because we've really, okay. we've, we've tackled the topic that that I think needs to be discussed and at the same time given the current event surrounding that it's proper due um in so far as anybody can do that right now you know right. I, that's the key um with the information and, and, that we've been given at this point yeah mm -hmm. yeah and and the real key I think is is for the listeners to take this information knowing that it's already there's already more the uh, that by the time they're you're listening uh and you know, we're making these things are judgment calls. We're evaluating what's happening. But if you look at instances themselves, now that they've already occurred, just just like this announcement from the White House that I keep going mm -hmm. back to, 
there's could be other non sequitur sort of statements that come out of Russia, come out of Europe, come in. And it's going to be very weird because I think it's other, it's this situation that's, that's um, being used to move forward other initiatives, other interests, other things going on. And it's kind of spooky to think there is, and it's very spooky to think these pop, the publics are being manipulated like that. And we don't even really know it, (laughs) but, uh, but otherwise we'll leave it at that. And so Scott, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad we finally do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it too. And I, and I really appreciate you, you bringing up this whole topic and just letting me come out here and vent a little bit of what some of the thoughts like are going through my head too, and allowing me to go on tangents <laughs> for, you know, not, I went on a couple, but I, I, I tried to rein it in a little bit myself. So anyway, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good conversation and I'm just going to be, uh, I'm going to be really tied into, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to look at my phone more than what I normally look at my phone. Seems like just because <laughs> of the high tension rate right now. Um, so yeah, I, I don't even know how to wrap it up. Like other than thank you for, for bringing this whole thing on and, and putting it together. So I and, think that works because I, I, cool. I'll, I'll thank you right back. Um, and, uh, who knows? I think we should just make this something, um, something on somewhat of a regular. I, I think I need I, to get dude, you on where we need to explore that. I would totally love to do that. I, I would totally yeah. love to do that. I think it would be Absolutely. good. Absolutely. There are yeah. some topics that just need conversation more than they need, yep. you know, uh, me standing here rambling you know, for <laughs> an hour straight. So, yeah. Um, yeah okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll, we'll call it a day and uh, yeah. appreciate it. I'll let you get back to your evening. All right. I think that covers it all. So we will say that that's it for today. Thanks so much for joining me. Click that follow or subscribe button so that you do not miss the discussion. Of course, connect with me via email, contact at conspiracytheoryology.com. If you enjoyed the show, please recommend it to others. There is no higher compliment than to know that you have shared the show with others. All the info can be found at the show website, www.conspiracytheoryology.com. Music is by Adam Henry Garcia. If you'd like to hear more, visit adamhenrygarcia.bandcamp.com. All right, we'll talk again next time. But until then, remember, beyond the conspiracy and behind the belief lies the theoryology.